Wait, I need to make this zoom bigger. Oh, not that big. <laughs> you know, on the Word doc, like, at least for me where I have to sit with my microphone, it's too small at 100%. You need it at 125. I don't even know yes. where at, but it's definitely zoomed in. But but I went to 150, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> mm. <laughs> how can I tell how too much. I am? Um, there's a thing at the bar that's like 125 oh, yeah. I see. next to normal text. Oh, mine is at 100, but I think I just sit really close to my screen. Powerful. Same. I think that's why I have <laughs> terrible vision in my face. Yes. <laughs> No. There we go. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist feminist podcast that's here to celebrate a very important day, the Lord's Day, aka 420. Yay! <laughs> Very soft stone cheers. The stoners, <laughs> the softest stoners you ever did see. Today we have Zoe, Ozzy, and Adelaide. And today it is our annual 420 episode. Woo! Woo! Yay. We do like to annually give a caveat up top that we understand the inherent privilege of of being able to like do silly apps where we can, you know, talk about substance use and currently be doing substance use. Um, Oh, Pisces. (laughs) She's agreeing. Um, We've done several episodes in the past related to weed and mass incarceration in a much more serious way. So we always recommend tuning into those as well if you haven't yet for that serious content. But today we're here to let loose and discuss some topics that y'all submitted and whatever random thoughts come into our heads. So big time. <laughs> big buckle time. up. <laughs> Can I just say that it brings me immense joy that our reoccurring series are the annual 420 episode roasted astrology episodes and revolutionary romance and revenge like <laughs> i'm obsessed iconic with <laughs> it is iconic i feel like those are the three genders it is yeah <laughs> correct also not which to one brag, are you but... tag yourself oh <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm all of them, and that's the true non-binary okay, identity. I, I think that Ozzy is the annual 420 episode. I think Zoe is revolutionary <laughs> romance and revenge. And I think I'm the roasted astrology episode. You're so right. If I had to choose each of our genders yes. current, you know, out of no, those. No, I'm here What, like, our, like, rising sign of those right. things is. <laughs> right. That's what it would be. Yeah, right. So, I mean, like... And we all are all of them, obviously. It's in our chart, but like I think we have an emphasis if we if we had to, to choose our gender. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say not to brag, but these I believe all started within my first year of the podcast. I did help birth all of them. You did. So you're literally Amazing. such an icon. 
Um, yeah, well, because the first yeah. year, no one was really a stoner other than me. So mm-hmm. it like it when I like approached it, like the people couldn't because of jobs and stuff like that at the time. Right. And because it wasn't legal in their yeah. states or whatever. So, yeah. Um, understandable but i was like okay well (laughs) what about no but then obviously you made it happen oh my god in that first one i just remember literally thinking my hacking yes (laughs) just us and walita wait hacking like coughing or like computer hacking i hacking into the adelaide became convinced that their computer was being hacked and the other person on the call definitely happened to me when i've gotten too high before yeah was walita (laughs) who who is like a tech expert and so walita's trying to like walk addy through whether or not they're being hacked (laughs) which there was something weird that did happen but it wasn't like a full hacking situation it was like i probably fucked something up and then <laughs> had to undo yeah, something that's still disconcerting it's like we're all very stoned addy's like oh my god i'm being hacked while lita's like trying to give professional it advice yeah and you can <laughs> listen to that episode it's our first 420 episode we love it that one might, I'm sure might only be on patreon it, but- Oh, okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It doesn't cut. sound super familiar, but I think <gasps> it's because I, yeah. You got to listen to it. Oh, my God. Then. We'll give you uh, the I'll link, have to obviously. listen to it now. Yes. Yeah, the early, <laughs> at least the first 420 episode, maybe the first two were Patreon exclusives. We love that. That makes sense. And then we yeah. made it for the people. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yes, you're all welcome. welcome. <laughs> So, yeah, to start off, I was wondering if we want to talk about, like, what what 420 treats we all had or are having. What are what the fuck are y'all on right now? <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, so I um, stopped by my local bodega to get some pre-rolls. Um, so Powerful. I smoked one of those before we started. They also, for whatever reason today, were giving away free popcorn that... They said is THC infused. I honestly don't know if it is or not. I have been eating <laughs> only that. one so, way to find like, out. We, we just don't know how strong it is. So I love this either I'm going to be really high or not that high or just like a normal amount of high. I, we'll see. We just <laughs> anything don't know. could happen from here. Um, wow. Yeah, it's we really a dealer's choice, but. <laughs> Um, but it's been interesting because like, so I'm in New York City and like, there are a few officially licensed dispensaries here now. I actually just recently went to one of the first like official licensed dispensary that opened here, um, was opened by this nonprofit housing works. So like all the first dispensaries that are opening are like affiliated with nonprofits that do work on mass incarceration, like drug policy stuff. That's basically like the deal. Um, so that one is really great. It's amazing. It's cute. It's queer. It's like a beautiful space. But also like everywhere in my neighborhood, they're just like unlicensed sort of like gray area weed shops that are very openly like this is a weed store. Like we only sell weed here. Right. But somehow I don't know exactly what the situation is. They're not like the official like super legal ones. But um a lot of them are very cute. There's one that's like a chocolate shop run by this old European couple. Um, this one that I went to is run by this like 
old mom who just like she she's just like a very like sweet lady um and she gave me free popcorn so i love that oh wholesome i love that yeah i feel like some of my friends in new york have been sending me pictures of like food truck dispensaries yeah i've seen that as well they're kind of like pop-ups sometimes yeah or like like, those like carts yeah like almost like a coffee cart kind of like and then it'll just be like edibles the thing is like it's sort of hard to know like what the quality you're gonna be getting is sometimes so like i have specific ones in my neighborhood that i know that are like better than others but for the most part like I honestly have stuck to buying the same way that I was buying before it was legalized here because it's just like, I know what I'm getting in terms of quality versus like some of these other things. It's like, yeah, like a pop-up or something. And you're like, who are you? Like, do you even, are you even, do you even live here? Do like, you even what's go going here? On? Yeah. <laughs> then possibly not, you know, especially if they're in very touristy areas like Bushwick or something. It's like, I feel like this is very low THC content, if any, yeah yeah when i lived in dc i had a medical card but outside of that like there weren't legal dispensaries for recreational mm-hmm. but it was legal to buy it no sorry it was legal to grow weed it wasn't legal to sell weed oh yeah so, so it was people, like the gift thing yes it would be like oh you buy like a 40 dollars sticker it comes with a gift that gives weed um <laughs> and people would do Surprise. these like house parties um where they would ha- like have like expos like in their homes and do this and yeah I went to a couple of those which were always like so strange because it was like on on the DL so you'd get there and they'd be like are you here for the birthday party and I was like we- <laughs> the birthday party is weed right are we <laughs> <laughs> right. wink wink it's weed right <laughs> yeah I'm like I just want to make sure I'm understanding the question. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, in terms of of my current state, yeah, I am in Chicago where there are legal dispensaries, which is good for me because the only really weed I consume at this point is these tiny little, it's like one THC to one CBD to one CBG gummies because I am a baby about weed. And actually, it was funny because I bought the... I bought the similar gummies when I was with Adelaide over the summer in Michigan. We went to a dispensary. And when I was buying them, the person helping us goes, have you had these before? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I just want to make sure you understand, like, you're not really going to get high from this. And I was like, oh, yes, I absolutely am. (laughs) It's so funny when people say that, because, like, I don't know, the other day, my partner, like, bought a pre-roll and the person, the guy was like, oh, like, just so you know, you're not going to be able to smoke this all in one sitting. And, like, in their case, it's like, yes, they absolutely were able to. But, like, (laughs) it's just, like, you don't know, like, you don't know what someone's tolerance is. Why would you just, like, free associate like that? Yeah, I was like, I actually, I get high off of half of one, so thank you so much for that little... You're so incorrect, but... Oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, I can kind of get into this up top, like... I used to be a really big stoner, and we'll talk about that more later, but um, I mostly don't use weed anymore. I very occasionally have, like, half a gummy with half an Ativan, and that's, like, my god tier relaxation. But (laughs) otherwise, essentially what happened to me is throughout, like, high school and college, I was a stoner all the time. 
And then towards the end of college, my friend who was a drug dealer tried to make his own tincture called Green Dragon. And it's like an Everclear-based wheat tincture. And he was like, oh, I never made it before. I don't know if it's going to work. And we're like, okay, well, we'll just try it. And so he like make pours us all like a shot of it. Like it was like he mixed it with water to make it like a little shot. And like an hour, hour and a half later, we're all like, oh, we don't really feel anything. We're going to just like head home for the night. And then simultaneously, myself and at least two of the other friends who were there who I talked to the next day were just like high out of our minds having like major panic attacks. Like I was like calling my friend and like having her talk me down off this ledge. One of my friends convinced herself she was pregnant and was puking into her trash can. I forget the other friends, too, but we were all just having like a horrible time. And we weren't even contacting each other because we were all so high. I finally was able to go to sleep. I think I like eventually took an Ativan to go to sleep, but I was so high. I was worried to take Ativan. I was like, I don't want to add anything else into what's happening. Right. I woke up the next morning. I looked in the mirror. My eyes were still bloodshot. Like I was still really high the next morning and it lasted for like 24 hours. So after this, it's not that I was like nervous to use weed. Like I was like, okay, I can just have a reasonable dose. It turned out that our friend like gave us way too high of a dose because he didn't think it was going to work. <laughs> and it did. But just like something changed in my brain from that. And if I start getting to like a higher level of being high, I like those mm. like symptoms come back of like a panic attack. And so, yeah, that changed my brain chemistry. I am convinced. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of that sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah, I feel like I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast before, but the one time that I've just gotten like way too high like I thought I was gonna die from how high I was it was like the spring festival at my college and all of my friends for some reason had like two or three times the amount of these edibles that we had been told was like a good dosage and we all just legitimately thought we were gonna die one of my friends like wanted to call the police on herself and be like oh I, like God. I am dying right now and her boyfriend had to convince her oh, not no. to um but I mean all, in retrospect it's like hilarious because we all were completely fine and we all think it's funny but like in the moment it was oh really God, terrifying, yeah, terrifying. <laughs> yeah that's how it was for me and it was like even in the moment I remember I was on the phone with like my best friend from home and she kept being like are you okay and I was like Yes, I'm okay in the sense that I will be okay. Am I okay right now? Actually, no, I'm not okay at all. Not. <laughs> but like, don't worry. Like, I'm okay, but I'm not okay. No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I used to have more. I had like a, a a few years that I would have paranoia symptoms, but that was before I dealt with my PTSD. Um, but um, yes, I had. The, these edibles that this woman made um, who's amazing and it's like beet and double chocolate chip edible so good and then obviously tip tap wow. it on that bubbler that sounds delicious yeah it sounds really good. amazing and it's gluten-free zoe <gasps> although well, you literally would take like a nibble <laughs> i was gonna say i would love to have <laughs> two crumbs yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, after that, actually, the same friend made tincture again and was offering it to me. And I was like, but can you put like a singular drop into my beverage? <laughs> right, right. 
Yes, I do think since I had the experience of getting way too high in college, I like I tend to err more on the side of like I'll do like less than I might think I need and like see how it goes. Um Yeah, I was but... like, give me one drop. If I feel okay, I might ask you for two drops. <laughs> right. I feel like my like base level might be higher. Like I might be like, give me three drops and then we'll see how I feel or whatever. But like, <laughs> yes, I, I agree with the like try try and see how you feel vibe. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we asked y'all on Instagram if you had any requests for us to talk about, and you did. So we're going to get into some of that. The first one says, harm reduction, exclamation point. Also, weed misconceptions, adults who smoke weed versus the stereotype of stoners. So we're going to kind of divide this up because this is like a few a few different topics happening here. Um, I can kind of address the harm reduction part. So I did a lot of community outreach around harm reduction for several years, and then now I do harm reduction counseling as a therapist, both um, individual and group. So I guess I'm not entirely sure what this question would like me to go into. Like harm reduction is is very broad. It often is about substance use, but it can be about literally anything in your life and ways that you want to reduce harm. Um, It can also be, you know, individual goals versus harm reduction is also used to refer to things like voting and other um you all know how we feel on this podcast i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get into that (laughs) but um other kinds of you know community care that aren't necessarily the end all be all of what we want to see but they still reduce harm so they're considered harm reduction so just kind of trying to preface that it can be used in a very very broad way when we're talking yeah. about substance use, which I will focus on because I'm assuming that is what was requested, <laughs> but I just want to kind of give a little more of an overview. Um, it can look like a lot of different things. Some people who are coming for harm reduction based care are still working towards sobriety. Um A lot of people are not and are looking to reduce harm, whether that means reduce use, whether that means... um you know, certain behaviors around use. It can be, I mean, it can be literally anything. It can be like, I vape all day and I'm going to try to use like one hour out of the day. I'm not going to hit my vape for that hour. And like, that's a harm reduction goal. It could also be like, I get really bad dry mouth and that makes me anxious while I'm smoking. So every time I smoke, I'm going to drink a glass of water. Um, So it's very, very individualized. A lot of there's a lot of like pushback about it for the sake that people think it's like encouraging substance use um, or like not giving proper treatment, which, again, isn't true. Um, there are people that, yeah, are are sober with harm reduction. It really depends. Like substance use looks like so many things. There are so many substances. There are so many ways to use them. Um, so, yeah, it's really individualized. It can also include, you know, Helping to educate folks seeking harm reduction about what what the potential harms are so that even if people continue with the same rate of of usage, that's ultimately their decision um, and like that's their autonomy. But having the kind of informed consent to use substances, knowing any like potential and ways that you could mitigate it or what that looks like. Um, Yeah, I I think I'll stop there. I just kind of rambled about it. Perfect. Yeah, no, I... I feel like that's very helpful to have that, like, the 
more like social work side of it also i feel like i guess because this person said weed misconceptions i'm thinking that they're talking kind of about like yeah like basically the version of things that's like oh just don't smoke weed that's bad and then like Mm -hmm. that doesn't actually help people like who are just going to use it um Mm -hmm. they mentioned the stereotype of stoners which i feel like I'm assuming adults who smoke weed versus the stereotype of stoners is about, they're getting at like how there's a stereotype of kind of like extreme laziness and like unproductivity that doesn't necessarily match up with the reality of like the wide range of people who use THC. Personally, I do own and love the stoner stereotype. Like I definitely identify as a stoner and I think, there are a lot of positive things about that, um, such as being chill and loving and cuddling with your friends um, and eating delicious food oh. and laying in the sun. Right. Um, just as some examples. But <laughs> I guess I also think that, like, like what you're saying, like, you know, there are like times where weed use can be problematic for people obviously um and to whatever extent this person is asking about that i guess i just wanted to talk a little bit about like i feel like partly because especially until more recently like weed use has been more of a subcultural thing it's like a bit more stigmatized or seen as like a bit more outside of the norm as compared to something like alcohol use or smoking cigarettes or I don't know, like drinking coffee, for example, caffeine use is very normalized in our culture. Um, So like, I guess for me, I think it's very important for people to like, check in with themselves and and people close to you who like, have, um, you know, like a non stigmatized view of weed use about your own use of it. Because I think like the norms that are put forward by pop culture and stuff that might say like oh if you smoke weed once a week you're like this huge stoner who can't get anything done um that's just like so outside of the reality of like i think there's a very common kind of like uh i don't know like trope sort of of like people saying that people who get super drunk and cause problems are often like getting into bar fights like throwing up everywhere like you know like creating sort of issues in the world where like someone who smokes all the time is probably just falling asleep on their couch like um which you know I think that's maybe a little too rude to alcohol users but like I I think the basic point is just that our culture like treats alcohol use very um lightly and like in a very normalized way and then weed use is tends to be more stigmatized although I honestly think that this is changing like very rapidly with the amount of legalization and stuff that we're seeing um but I guess just to say like I think it's important to be like checking in with yourself and your loved ones and not necessarily looking to like media portrayals or what someone like um I don't know, like perhaps your doctor or therapist or like some some figure of authority might think you should be doing. Um, though those attitudes are often shaped by just like a lot of misconceptions and honestly, like a lack of data. Like there's been a lack of research into this because it's so stigmatized. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That was a bit of a ramble, but 
that's those are my thoughts yeah i just a little rambling is where we're at today um <laughs> but yeah so I would, true <laughs> i would definitely say this is the way yeah <laughs> Like high school and college, Zoe, I would identify as a stoner. I still sometimes I feel like I have some stoner personality left in me that just like even when I'm not stoned, it's just my brain has changed. I'm telling you, um, right? I th- I feel like you can also be a stoner without smoking weed. Maybe that's controversial to yeah. say, but no, like when people around me are smoking, I just like kind of feel stoned like I'll just kind of slide back into it and be like oh yeah I love that yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I like I can definitely see this person's like and like the desire in general to separate yourself from these stereotypes especially if you're around people who don't really understand substance use especially marijuana use and are kind of ascribing certain treats to you or like assuming that you know you're maybe like immature or don't have your shit together because you're smoking weed um yeah yeah also i am immature and i don't have my shit together and i'm proud and that's fine too (laughs) right the the feeling of needing to be productive in society is a burden that was put on us by all Mm -hmm. by a bunch of fucking white dudes so we can just shake that off (laughs) um uh yeah i also self-id as a stoner even though i've been using it so much less lately like kind of what y'all were talking about it's like and this is now like it's in it's in the ethos of who i am yes (laughs) um and also i just know that weed is medicine to many of us like myself included for many many reasons that none of us need to explain to anyone else also like i'm not saying that it needs to be this to justify usage i'm just saying literally if you can laugh at all during your day like you you are healing yourself in some way because like that's not something that's easily accessible to a lot of us. So literally just that alone. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think I think that there's so many reasons why it's beneficial to a lot of people, especially I think millennials. I mean, obviously people for many decades have been doing this, but for us I see it as a way because like we all have this boomer parent like harping on our shoulder. <laughs> Um, and we like needed to get back to this space of like chilling the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, that. But yeah, like like y'all are saying, like the media stereotypes of stoners. It's so often like all of these things in our culture. Like people don't leave room for nuance within these types of situation. Which like obviously when we're talking about anything related to harm reduction. It requires that nuance. Yeah, totally. Also, I had to get up because I had made hot water for tea before we started. And then I realized that it was on a thing that it kept heating up. But I had forgotten to get the tea. So (laughs) sorry to have to make it. I'm so glad you have the tea now. Me too. I love to have a little beverage while I'm smoking. It's great. Right? Mm -hmm. Hydrate. definitely hydrate yeah so our next little request topic from instagram was 
weed and productivity slash creativity. So I know Addie has plenty to say here, and I think we talked about it when we interviewed them about their music somewhat, perhaps. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't recall. I'm just like, I feel like it came up. But anyway, I know I they have plenty to talk yeah. about. It. And yeah, I was, when I read this, I was thinking about um, in undergrad, I went to art school and these were my stoner days. So I would, I would go to class stoned most of the time. Um, and particularly I have this strong memory of, I had to take a drawing class. Like it was part of our like requirements. I am so mm-hmm. bad at drawing. You might be like picturing something that's decent and I need you to like really like dial it all the way back to like, no. But so we had this one unit where we were doing like charcoal drawings. And so I just went to class really high, had my hands covered in charcoal. I was doing this whole like finger painting charcoal abstract thing. Um, Incredible. And the professor comes over to me. The professor like thought it was a bit that I was bad at drawing. Like he thought I just like wasn't trying. And he would like in other classes, he would come over to me and be like, Zoe, like you got to at least try. And I was like, I am. And I remember during this class, as I'm, like, finger painting, like, with my charcoal hands, he was, like, um, he was, like, can you please, like, at least try? And I was, like, I'm trying so hard right now. (laughs) I hope you felt like shit. Yeah, I hope you felt like fucking trash. Oh, my God. That is so I really think it helped with my drawing, even though that professor disagreed. So that's my takeaway. Wow. That's beautiful. I love that you were using weed that way in college. I'm realizing, like, I feel like I really just viewed weed as, like, a party drug in college. Like, I would only smoke it in social situations, often, like, at parties or on the way to a party, which, honestly, as someone who has social anxiety, is not really the best, like, introduction into weed, because I would often get really, like freaked out that I was around so many people while I was high um I think it was really after college that I started to like use it more and like like with one or two close friends or like by myself or like in a you know non like party type setting um and that I think is when I more discovered like how much I like it um now I do use weed sometimes in my creative process. I often like to do like a high brainstorming session at the start of like a writing project. Um, I feel like it kind of can just like, if you want to get into that mindset, that's like getting a bunch of ideas out there and kind of like getting a lot onto the page. I find it kind of helpful for that phase of things. Um, I often like, for me, I think a lot of times like the main sort of like, really like emotionally generative work um like getting a lot of that writing out there is best done for me sober but then like there are also parts of the editing process um like I don't know something that's like arranging line breaks in a poem um or like in a audio like sound art project which I also do sometimes it might be like how long of a pause you want between two things um like those kinds of things that are maybe a bit more aesthetic or like um I don't know like beauty oriented I find are like sometimes easier to do or like so sometimes weed like helps me do those things um or like 
opens up a part of my brain that allows me to do those things in a different way than Mm -hmm. I would sober. Um, I feel like it's like, yeah, just that part of my brain that's very like pleasure and aesthetics oriented and like just like joy and beauty oriented. Like it it can kind of um, help me kind of get into that and out of the like inner critic on your shoulder kind of mindset. Um, So yeah, I, I find it very helpful for that. Hell yeah. I also, yeah, why did I say I also like to do what? I was clearly going to write something else there, but I have no idea what. I don't remember. I I just, I loved it. And so I just, you know, had to respond to you. I also like to do. I also like to do. I also like to do. (laughs) Says it all. It really does. Says so much about society. (laughs) Exactly. Um, yeah, I personally love weed for creativity. I will say, I think I've discovered I need to be in certain types of head spaces now to really make the most of it, but obviously different things work for different people. And in different times of my life, I did this differently. So for me, one thing that I like to do is like take an edible and then go in with a plan, like, because you have that come up time, it's like, And what I mean by plan, I'm going to explain in a moment, but, and then just start practicing or creating or playing. And then just as you're already doing that activity, the almost like inertia of you doing that then kind of can get elevated by um, getting stoned rather than some different experiences I've had when I've like, you know, tried to tap into that energy. And I just want to say that, like, what I mean by plan, like, just know that creativity for the sake of creativity without going in with an expectation of what you will create is actually very, very, very good and healing for our mental health. So just keep the plan very loose so that you have a chance to play and, like, explore and do what you want. I think if I'm just, like, chilling and get stony it's like hard for me to do certain types of creative things. Like it's hard for me to get up and like play my guitar. Um, I mean, depending on my mood, it's like, I just is like, if I kind of go in with an intention, it feels a lot easier to access, I guess. And, but like, I will sometimes go to like editing things on my phone for like the different content I create. And, um, so maybe that's a tomato, tomato kind of vibe, um, in the sense that like, those are both creative things. And then I totally feel like different, like mediums are different for me too. Yeah, exactly. Especially ones you can like do from the comfort of your bed versus ones you can't. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. The real difference in all activities. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Now y'all know where I spent most of my time. absolutely activities you can do from bed (laughs) and i just wanted to shout out this art project i did for a while called sexy sappho and it was this like collage kind of collaboration project where people would send me lewds or nudes and then i would do um some artwork to it basically in a digital collage and that idea came to me when I was on psychedelics actually like I just started doing it I don't think I knew that and um I guess the style came out of it not necessarily like 
all of those pieces, but then they came together over time. But um, yeah, and that was a project that before Instagram shut it down, I think I had like over 350 different people collaborate with me on those things. So like people really wanted to have this like experience, which was really cool. My butt was also on there a number of times. Yes. <laughs> and I also think I'm going to do another Patreon-only thing on psychedelics because um, it's been a very long time, and I've had a lot of different experiences since we did that. And so just wanted to say that. We talked about a few different things oh, on yeah. our Patreon-only. True. Patreon.com slash Season of the Bitch. <laughs> you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So our next Instagram topic is weed and PMS. What weed strain is the best for PMS? So I love this question. I was very happy to get this question. Um, I really like talking about this crossover. I have, this is, I just want to share that I have an amazing poster in my bathroom from Buckle's Buckle Bunny's Fund, Friends of the Pod. Um, we've had Michaela on from them a couple times that says weed decrim is reproductive justice. And for those keeping track at home, for the bathroom posters I've mentioned, yes, that is Audrey Lord and abortion foots. Um, so now you know more about me. But I wanted to start off <laughs> this question by talking about um, cannabinoid receptors. So generally speaking, the endocannabinoid system consists of the endogenous cannabinoids, which are cannabinoid receptors and the enzymes that synthesize and degrade endocannabinoids. This is all part of how our bodies process cannabis, essentially. So there's going to be some sciencey words, but just think of- Bear with the, us. <laughs> bear with us. It's going to be cool. Bodies are cool. Um, yeah, the receptors process the weed. Okay? You, we okay. can do it. We can all do it. <laughs> I'm with you so far. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to still be with me we, by the end, we so we'll this together. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> so many of the effects of cannabinoids and endocannabinoids are mediated by two gene-protein coupled receptors called GPCRs. And then we have the CB1 and CB2 receptors, although additional receptors may be involved. Scientists aren't sure. So CB1 receptors are present in very high levels in several brain regions and then in lower amounts in a more widespread fashion, like throughout the body in certain places. So those receptors mediate many of the psychoactive effects of cannabinoids. And then CB2 receptors have a more restricted distribution and they're found in a number of immune cells and in a few neurons. So both CB1 and CB2 couple primarily to inhibitory G proteins proteins we talked about and they're subject to the same pharmacological influences as other g proteins so it's very cool here relating this back to the question about pms and the uterus is that uteruses have their own cannabinoid receptors which is why weed can be particularly useful when it comes to mm -hmm. pelvic pain for people with uterus um and of course we know weed is good for pain across the board but uteruses have like a strong receptor situation happening specifically there are many cb1 receptors and there are some cb2 receptors in uterine tissue and this actually oscillates throughout the hormone cycle 
So there's an important increase in CB1 receptors um, and the messenger ribonucleid acid mRNA. Heard about that once in high school science class. And <laughs> proteins in endometrial samples in the secretory phase. And then due to the ability of progesterone to regulate the receptor's expression. So progesterone exposure during the secretory phase, which is days 2 to 26 of the cycle, is associated with an upregulation of those receptors. And it's suggested that this mechanism is triggered by injured endometrial, endometrial tissue to control the inflammatory reaction, prevented degre preventing degranulation and the release of pro-inflammatory mediators from human mast cells. So that's some of the science. I just think it's really fucking cool that uteruses have their own whole cannabis yes. receptor system. Um, and then to answer the question, I did look up some of the best strains to use. And I found a list thanks to weed users, favorite guide, leafly.com. Leafly. And <laughs> we can <laughs> we can link to the full list. It was like pages and pages of um, strains. So that way y'all can look at it based on what strains you know are like available to you. But I wanted to read some of the best names on the list based on what I looked at of the first few pages. Amazing. Amazing. We have Louis the Eighth OG. We have Stizzy with three Zs OG. <laughs> we have Cronuts. Dr. Doctor. CBD Blue Shark. Peyote Cookies, which I'm going to be honest, scares me. Not that peyote scares me, but I don't want weed that is similar to peyote. <laughs> I want to keep my weed and my peyote very separate. Separate. And mm. then I wanted to give an honorable mention to blueberry yum yum. Mm. And I also do want to mention that if you're like me and ingesting weed makes you anxious or you can't really use higher quantities, um, I use a topical bomb from a dispensary. There's also CBD ones that you can get online from anywhere if you're if you're not somewhere that it's legal and massage it like around where the uterus is and use a hot pad so or a heating pad so it kind of like melts in. And I found that that's been really helpful as well. So, yeah. There you There's go. There's also um yeah. THC and CBD suppositories that oh uh, i have those two yeah that are <laughs> really really amazing for for that so i recommend mm -hmm. looking into that too amazing yeah i just was gonna say in general for pain relief um i like either like strains of weed or like combinations of substances that have both high cbd and high thc um, I learned from Adelaide that indicas often have higher THC content. The more so, you know. yeah, that can be a good way to filter. Like, I often will just like ask for the indica strain of whatever. Um, and then you can like add a CBD dosage yourself, which is easier to find at like, I don't know, a lot of like corner stores now sell CBD. Um, I also like like one to one THC to CBD products, kind of like what you were talking about, Zoe. Um, they but like you know they, they'll have them that are like one-to-one -one, but it'll be like a higher dosage of both um when you buy from like a licensed dispensary if you're in a state that has that things are often sold by percent of thc so you can also sort it that way um it's also often possible to sort by percentage of cbd um i so i usually like 
do that i will like look at the thc percentages because i also like high thc sativas and hybrids um and yeah but basically i think like having the cbd as well like really helps um in terms of pain relief for me yeah i totally agree yeah Oh, yeah. Just speaking of pelvic pain and weed, I also I think we've talked about this on the podcast before on one of our um, like sex or or romance episodes, but I really want to plug weed lube. I love it. Um, It is only effective for people with vaginas um, just because of the way the skin in that area is. It does not do anything. If you have a penis, I'm sorry about that. Um, I'm actually not sorry. I I have no control over that. Um, (laughs) But it's, yeah, it's increases, um, or it can increase intensity of orgasm. It also just, like, makes the area feel very relaxed. I, like, don't even know how to describe the sensation. Mm-hmm. Um, I first got it uh, when I was in Amsterdam yes. when I was, like, 22. Do you know this story? Yes, <laughs> you told it on a 420 episode before. I'm obsessed I feel like it. I have to tell it again. Oh, my God. But I, yeah, I want to hear it. You have okay. to tell it again. So I got it in Amsterdam. It was – I was like, this is amazing. I bought more. And I was with two friends who I was like, y'all have to get some too. Like, this is so fucking amazing. I was like, I am like a weed lube influencer, except they're not paying me. Um <laughs> We would be uh, we would be sponsored by Big Weed Lube if you uh, yeah out there if that's the thing let, yeah let us know. yeah hit we'll us up. but so the bottle had like a huge weed leaf on it and we were like we're not sure how that's gonna go on an airplane right like we weren't sure if they would care or not because we're leaving Amsterdam so they probably we don't know we're like we don't know what to do right. so we're in the airport bathroom emptying out our like travel shampoo and conditioners and any travel <laughs> bottles we have and filling them up with weed lube yes <sighs> amazing it's the so um the kick i have a story dying. like that but it's oh, yeah. a handle of like Everclear oh, in God. a high school bathroom, oh, yeah. um, being emptied into water bottles. Oh yeah, no, oh, I did that yeah. in high school for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was that vibe, but it was smuggling weed lube. And then I would say the kicker is that some of the bottles totally fine. We were like washing them out. Some of it got very soapy upon use because oh. you would like lather it up. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's just like I feel like you shouldn't be sticking like shampoo up your vagina. Probably no, you really should. It's not ideal. <laughs> yeah, no. best we could do at that's like at a the yeast time. infection waiting to happen. But I, yeah, you did what you had to do. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my weed lube pitch. Wait, not okay, the second part of the story. Just the first get part. you high. Mm-mm. Um, not from topical use, but like if you use it and. In- do oral or something you would like if you ingested it oh interesting i didn't even think about that possibility i've but been yeah, anxious from just to use it because i don't like the idea of just like putting an unknown amount inside myself and then being like what is this gonna make me high but oh no psychotropically no i read this blog about it and it uh, about someone using it and was talking about like how their vagina felt high and that is how it feels, <laughs> and I don't know how else yes, to describe that. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I love that. And well, I I just wanted to say that I want to second the, like, 
pain cream like I use CBD creams all the time like the extra strength ones like I just started working on a farm and I've been using it all the time and it totally helps um and I love it okay I have a question let's go what's your question to close us out (laughs) I want to (laughs) know What non-traditional animal would you have as a pet if it was magically ethical and safe to do so? Wow. This is such a hard question because I feel like there are so many animals I would love to have as pets if it was magically ethical and safe to do so. <laughs> I mean, that <laughs> same. Um, but I feel like my child Yeah, you can sell, give us like a top um, three maybe. Yeah, like I, so when I was a kid, I was really obsessed with wombats and Mm. fennec foxes. If you don't know what either of these are, look them up. They're just sort of like weird, very like cartoonish, but to me very cute looking animals. And I thought it'd be really fun to have one. But then I obviously realized you can't just like randomly own a wild animal. And there's many good reasons for that. But if all those reasons didn't exist, I think it would have to be one of those two. Yeah. What about okay. you, Zoe? If we're doing two, I can have my answer. Okay. All right. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I was two. Also do two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I know some people have these. When I was younger, I always really wanted a pig. Mm. And I know mm. some people do, but I don't know how much I feel that that's something you should do. But if it was magically ethical and safe, <laughs> I would love a pig. They're, like, so fucking smart. That and does yes. seem great. They seem really sweet. Yes. And, like, having a pit bull is kind of like having a pig. I think so they get true. along really well. <laughs> so oh true. Oh, that would be so cute if they were friends. And then my other one is a bush baby. They okay, are, like, a little – you have to look them up. They're so fucking cute. They're, like, a little jungle animal. And I once fed oh them God, out yeah. of my palm. <laughs> and I don't know what their, like, scientific name is. But where I was, like, they just called them, like, the bush babies. Oh, my God. Precious. Apparently they're also called Galagos. Mm. Okay. According to National Geographic. Okay. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Well, Gal- I met some Galagos. <laughs> I met someone I was in Tanzania. They'll eat like they gave us like popcorn. They'll like come eat popcorn out of your hand. Oh my god, precious. Amazing. It's really fucking cute and I would love one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm struggling okay, between Addy, three. What's your answer? You can tell us all three. Okay, tell us all three. <laughs> <sighs> okay, well, number one is a raccoon. Mm. I just Whoa. feel like... Okay, it... well, if it was safe, I guess. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> if it was magically ethical and safe. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> yeah, but then interesting. I'm just like, they seem like such fun little guys. They're cute, like, outside of the fact that I feel like they would destroy me personally. Right, like, again, (laughs) this is in a world where it's, like, the cartoon version, basically. Totally, yes. yes. Um, And then I'm torn, so the next two are flying ones. Oh. Wow. Okay, Okay. but I also... What are they? Okay. (laughs) it's a bat i knew i knew you were gonna say bat. very cute um a great horned owl oh i had a feeling one was gonna be an owl too i 
almost said bat because I do think they're really cute, but I don't want something flying around my apartment. Yeah. Yeah, I I would like agree do they with just that. poop everywhere? <laughs> I mean, I guess when people have like birds, usually they have a cage that they stay in at least some of the time. I don't know. Yeah. Oh my God, I just Personally, realized I, I should splice one. in my song about great horned owls. Oh my God, you totally Oh, should. hell yeah. You guys know about it, right? I don't, I don't think, think I do. So. Oh my God. <laughs> You should play it play live it for right, us now. right now. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. <laughs> How rare is it to see a great horned owl? Though common, great horned owls are rarely seen due to their nocturnal habits and excellent camouflage. Here we freaking go! Oh yes. Okay. Well, the first half of it is about a different bird, so I'm going to get to the section about <laughs> the great. Get to the owl. good stuff. Yeah. Here we go. Oh my god, I love these photos also. This is such a fucking bop. Gray Oh, hello. We have to link to the video in this episode also because people really need to see the images that go along with this to get the full effect. Absolutely. They really do. It Absolutely. is it's a it's a multimedia experience, I would say more so than just a song. <laughs> yes. Also, Great Horned Owls really should hire you as their PR person. What are they doing? Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, they really should. Well, that's our episode. <laughs> Ended on Great Horned Owl. <laughs> Should we not? No, I I'm mean... obsessed with that. It's so funny. I, I feel just like don't know where you can go from there. Again, at the end, like at the very end. Oh, like an that end. Give, outro. Yeah, like okay, but I'll do the full length, and you'll the get credits, the, the you one can about to the full song. <laughs> yeah. TBD. Depends how I'm feeling. <laughs> Day of. <laughs> well, regardless of whether you hear the owl song right now, you can hear it by going to patreon.com slash season of the bitch and giving us money and then joining our discord. We'll definitely post the link in there so you can get it from there. You can also follow us. On... No, I'll definitely share the link in the episode, but you should join our Patreon for many reasons. I'll also, for so join many the Patreon reasons. so you can tell Addie what you think about it. Oh, yeah. Yes. And we do have a Stoner channel specifically in there. I forget what it's even called, but that's also Hotbox a bonus. Takes. Oh, Hotbox yeah. Takes. There you go. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Season of the Bee. Um, and you can rate, review, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and give us nice reviews. 
tell us what your favorite way to consume weed is. Actually, maybe don't do that. Don't tell Apple about that. <laughs> Use euphemisms, but communicate. Come to Discord to tell us about that. <laughs> Incredible. And you should buy our merch. It's getting to be summery. We have cute little crop tops. So true. Amongst yes. other things. Amongst t-shirts, if you don't like your top cropped, <laughs> that's really your yes. business. Type of and and sweatshirts it. for those of you who live in places where maybe you still need a sweatshirt in the summer. It literally was snowing today. Oh, well, have that's you considered so getting your Season of the Bitch sweatshirt at <laughs> seasonofthebee.com slash merch? Wow, incredible. I'm going to go there now. I'll call now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then fade into the owl song. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, except we have to say love you bye. Oh yeah. It's a gray horn. I love you guys it's so much. It's a gray much. horn owl. <laughs> love you. Love you. Love bye. you. Bye. bye.